What's going on, guys? Welcome to Shepherds and Kings. My name is Jacob Trelore, and I'm the founder and the host of the podcast. If this is your first time stopping by, or if you've uh, listened before, thanks for taking the time to listen. And we hope it's just one more tool in your tool belt that you can use to become the kind of man, the father, the husband that you need to be. Uh, we just had Father's Day, uh, and this topic may be a little bit um, weird uh, to put right after Father's Day, but it's so important and it's so necessary. And it's so uh, pervasive in our society, uh, not just through Christian men, but men in general. But it affects an overwhelming majority of Christian men, and that's our sexual integrity. And so our guest today, uh, Steve Arterburn, who is an author, a radio show host, he uh, takes some time to talk to us today. Before that, though, of course, shout out to Clean5110. If you have not gone by to check them out, Make sure that you do check them out online, clean5110.com or on social media. You can use the code SHEPHERD if you buy something on their website to get 10% off. And again, that's a fitness and lifestyle apparel brand who is just pushing a good, clean Christian message and, of course, a whole or a uh, pro-life message. So please go support them. All right, let's get to our interview. Our guest today is Steve Arterburn. Steve is the founder of New Life Ministries and the host of the nationally syndicated Christian counseling talk show, New Life Live. He is an internationally known public speaker, uh, the founder of the Women of Faith Conferences, and the best-selling author of such books as Every Man's Battle, Healing is a Choice, The Seven-Minute Marriage Solution, and most recently, Take Your Life Back. Steve, it's good to have you on the show. Thank you. Great to be with you. Yeah, really glad to be here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, we're here to talk about the Every Man's Battle series. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, where that came from and your involvement in it and why it's, you know, so important? Well, you know, the book, the original book came out 20 years ago, and we have just uh, released a an update with all the new brain science and stuff as our 20th anniversary book. It sold, uh, well, the series has sold over 4 million books, if you can imagine that. Wow. Um, I had written a book about sexual integrity, and uh, it was selling, oh, maybe a thousand copies uh, a year. And I received this phone call from a publisher, Dan Rich, and he said, hey, would you be interested in uh, doing a uh, book, a really great book with a guy named Fred Stoker, and it's on lust, pornography, uh, sexual addiction, all this. And I go, you know, I'm really not. Because I've done it, and it, <laughs> yeah. nobody wanted to read that book. So he said, well, would you be willing for me just to send you the manuscript? He said, because this is uh, really quite a great manuscript, and nobody knows who Fred is. But, you know, if you liked it and co-authored with him, people would know about this book. I said, okay, send it to me. Well, I read his manuscript, and um it, it was something that was so different. It wasn't about the problem so much as about the solution. Mm. And, and I really uh, loved it. And I, I had a couple of stories uh, that I thought might help. And in fact, uh, the first story in the book is of me uh, taking this new, uh, it wasn't new, it was used, but it's new to me, this little Mercedes convertible that had been my dream car. And I was driving it I uh, hadn't been in California very long, and I was driving it from Southern California up to this little coastline city of Oxnard, and I was going to testify 
about their need for an alcohol and drug treatment center. And so as I'm driving up, um, there's a woman jogging in a bikini. Now I'm from Texas and uh, women there did not, I'm not trying to excuse myself. I'm just, yeah. but, but it was not a common thing. Right. That's, and so I am watching this. I'm, I'm married at the time and uh, I shouldn't have given it a second glance, but I didn't just give it a second. I mean, I was, it's, it's fortunate my whole neck didn't snap off. And, and while I was looking back, um, I hit the car in front of me in wow. this little prize car that I had wanted. <laughs> and so, you know, immediately I'm thinking, oh boy, how am I ever going to tell my wife uh, what it was like to swerve uh, to try to miss that puppy and run into a car? I mean, immediately I went to, I have, <laughs> yeah. to, I have to lie about this thing. And, but that was a real turning point, you know, uh, on the way home, just thinking, you know, who am I going to be? Is this the guy uh, I'm going to be, or am I going to be somebody that's truly faithful with my heart, soul, and my eyes? So I knew that and some other things that I really want to talk about in the area of sexual addiction and stuff. So I teamed up with Fred and um, we sent the book out. And pretty soon, pastors start reading it. And they would go into a bookstore and they'd order every, every copy they had. It became the most frequently reordered book because pastors were buying it and just giving it to every guy uh, that they could find because it had so much hope in it. And that was back at a time when, uh, you know, Promise Keepers had done their survey and, you know, 65% of the guys were looking at pornography. Uh, that statistic hasn't really uh, changed that much. And, of course, we're doing this right in the heart of the uh, COVID-19 uh, epidemic or pandemic. And uh, porn sites are way up uh, at this particular time. So uh, what was a problem then continues to be a problem now. And, um, you know, if you want to do something about the problem, then, you know, this book is a great, I think, a great answer to it uh, because it doesn't just talk about the problem. It talks about how to overcome it and really helps you with that. Sure. You talked a little bit about, you know, the being the, the COVID thing having an effect on on um, pornography viewing. Do you think in general, you know, you said it's a 20 year difference now, um, 20 year anniversary of the book that the culture 20 years later is that much more desensitized and that much um, more out there? And is it that much harder for them as Christian men to gain sexual purity? Well, it's not harder to gain it because 20 years ago, there weren't many um, groups or um, not everybody was admitting that, that it was as big a problem as it is. Now, sure. um, last week, I was on a, in a Zoom meeting uh, called an Every Man's Battle meeting. Now, I'm the teaching pastor at this church, Northview Church, um, northviewchurch.us, where you can find it. But we're the third fastest growing church in America. We have 13 campuses. Three of them are in prisons. But there's this guy, Michael Carey, who struggled with uh, lust and pornography, and he decided, separate from me being part of the church, to start um, a group of men, every man's battle. And these groups are everywhere. The group I was in, 83 guys were in on this Zoom call. 
Wow. Just, you know, one church, that's, that's pretty significant. And, um, and that's, that's all over the country now. So I would just say this, there are so many more uh, recovery groups or just every man's battle groups. And if you wanted to know about one, you could call us at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. We could tell you where to go or newlife.com. But so much more help available. But, um, you know, it's just so difficult to avoid um, the pornography. You know, if you were an alcoholic, um, somebody doesn't run into your office every 10 minutes and say, hey, here's a bottle of vodka. You want it? And you got to say, no, no, thanks. I'm recovering. I don't know. Right. But I mean, you know, if, if you have YouTube and it doesn't have the right filters, then it just, it, I mean, I literally had to remove the YouTube app from, and I love YouTube videos, but I had to remove the app because just so much stuff there that's so tempting. So, you know, more help than ever, but more opportunity to mess up than ever too. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so why spiritually um, does God place such a high importance on sexual sin? I know there's a lot of verses that talk about um, fornication as a, you know, a physical act, um, but then there's a lot of obviously spiritual connotation there as well. Yeah, well, you know, um, it really is uh, at the heart of, of God. God is a, a God of love. I mean, he, he isn't just a loving God. He is love. And what does he love? Well, he loves his creation. And so um, what grips and rips the, uh, the creation uh, to pieces more than this divided heart of, hey, I'm this good guy over here, but look at this, this little box, this secret, mm-hmm. sinful sex box over here. So I'm split. So now I'm, I'm rather than God loving me, me loving God, now I've got this shame thing I got to deal with over here. Rather than me being authentic and and um, open and free, now I've got this thing, and I, and I don't feel good about myself. So really, it just uh, Satan uses this this great gift of sexual fulfillment uh, uses that as the thing, the number one thing I think to destroy more men and their relationship with God. Uh, there, I mean, look at Harvey Weinstein. I mean, yeah. This, this guy had everything, and now he's he's sick and in prison and all of this, and and there's so many of these guys that have been called out, uh, public figures, you know. Right. And you just, well, we do a we do an every man's battle uh, intensive from Friday to Sunday, and you just you think if somehow any of those guys had stumbled on to that little. Friday through Sunday experience. They literally had about, if you go to that, you got about a 95% chance of success. So when all of this came up, you never heard one person say this. I didn't. Uh, never heard anybody say, yeah, you know what? That was true. Uh, I did do that uh, 30 years ago or 20 yeah. years ago or 10 years ago. Yeah, I did that. But you know what? Uh, I, I realized what I was doing to myself, my family and women, and I went and got some help. And for 10 years, I can tell you, or 15 or even five for five years, here's my accountability partner. You can call him. Here's the group. I talk, you know, 
that that is not wouldn't I mean if you were a PR guy for these movie stars and stuff, or you'd say, hey, do this, but yeah. nobody is able to do that. So um, it's really sad. And and a lot of our major supporters, some of our biggest supporters at New Life, they support us because they would have lost everything. Um, you know, one guy, he's very open about this. He was on the, the Federal Reserve Board. Now he's on my board. And wow. uh, he operates uh, one of the largest uh, floor manufacturing companies internationally. And he says, I support you guys. I'll do anything for you because... On, at Christmas, I've got a, a picture of me and my family, my grandkids, we're all together. But if I hadn't found help, um, my wife would have divorced me, I'd be living in a separate place, it would have been a mess. So, you know, there's so much hope and healing and restoration, and you feel so good about yourself. Yeah. Or you can, you know, continue to mess around and mess with yourself, you could say, and be the guy that's still the little boy looking at dirty pictures. I, I think that's a horrible thing to look yourself in the mirror and say, Hey, I'm just like a little boy looking at dirty pictures. Yeah. And, um, and it's just a horrible way to live. Do you think, um, the, the reason it seems to me anyway, that the, the main reason that men wouldn't get help is because of a uh, fear or pride. Uh, is that accurate? Well, yeah. I mean, nobody, wants to um i think that they they don't want to admit they're so full of shame they don't want to open up about that sure. also i think when you know it's hard for guys to think that they're really hooked on something and it's very hard for them to say uh this has me or i need help with it you know a guy will say like you know i could i, I could quit tomorrow you know well tomorrow yeah. never comes but one of the things that we put in the new book, it's pretty insightful. Uh, we didn't know about this uh, 20 years ago. But, um, you know, when, when a man and a woman, when they have a sexual experience together, um, you feel good. You have this, this uh, experience that feels so great because there's this spike of dopamine, just, you know, just like from heroin. And the heroin spikes that high, but... You know, the sexual fulfillment spikes, that's high. But anyway, it's there. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. God, some people think it's so great, they can't even believe God invented it because they were they were raised <laughs> where you aren't supposed to enjoy anything. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. well, there's something else that happens. And uh, there's a release of a hormone that just saturates the brain, and that hormone is oxytocin. Now, that is the same hormone that is released when a mother nurses her baby. And oxytocin is a supernatural uh, bonding hormone. It's a chemical that goes throughout your body. If you're nursing a baby throughout the baby's body. And, and uh, let's just say the cave woman, here she is. She becomes supernaturally bonded to this baby. Mm -hmm. Well, there's something else that happens uh, because of oxytocin. You get bonded to whatever you're bonded to, but you're also very aggressive toward anything that threatens whatever you're bonded to. Sure. So, you know, cave woman, she hears a lion outside the cave that might run in and attack her baby. She, she, she'd secure the baby. She'd go outside 
and she'd take on that lion because she's aggressive, uh, supernaturally aggressive toward yeah. anything that is a threat. Okay, so when a guy has a sexual experience with pornography, dopamine, and oxytocin, men, pornified men, literally are bonded with their pornography. Wow. That's what you can't you can't not be. So then not only are you are you bonded to this, but you're aggressive toward any threat to it. So now sure. all of a sudden you don't know, well, why is it this woman I thought was so great? Why can't I just I can't stand her? I don't even want her around me. I don't even understand. Why is that? Oxytocin is the answer. So two things are true. You are, let's say three. You are hooked on the pornography. You are bonded to the pornography. And anyone that's a threat to it, they just at minimum irritate you. But maximum, you can't stand to be around them because you're so bonded to pornography. Wow. That's incredible. And you said that information is in the 20th anniversary edition of the Every Man's Battle book? It's all right there. Okay. Um, And you mentioned uh, just, you know, briefly previously here about um, kind of not wanting to admit that we are addicted. Uh, And I know in the Every Man's Battle book, you use phrases like uh, fractional addiction or low grade sexual fevers. Um, Can you explain a little bit of that and then how maybe we can, you know, realize that we're in that place and kickstart ourselves out of it? Yeah, you know, um, there um, are different levels of true sexual addiction. And when we wrote the first book, um, we were kind of thinking this was the pre-sexual addiction book. Uh, Anything that we had in there would certainly help somebody that was a sex addict. But we were just thinking, you know, this was kind of a pre-addiction book. And, um, but, you know, the more that we looked at what guys are into, I mean, uh, you know, you start off with pornography and it's you and you're like at level one, nothing you're doing, uh, is illegal and nothing you're doing, uh, involves a real life human being. Well then, you know, a lot of guys, maybe they stay right there, but most don't. And so then, um, you could go two different directions. One is at another level, now you're involved with a person. You get so full of lust. Now you want to act out on what you're looking at in videos and you're yeah. finding frustration that your spouse isn't that excited about doing that with you. And then, uh, and then there's another level. So uh, either you like want to be with a real person or now you're into some illegal stuff, mm. prostitute. It's not just an affair, but it's prostitute. Or now you're into levels of pornography that are illegal, child porn, things like that. And, and so wherever you are along the way, we can help you. But um, I received a, a phone call from a woman uh, who was married, uh, is still married, to one of the great Christian communicators of the world. And she said, um, my husband is uh, suicidal. And I said, why? Because I, and I kind of knew already, you know, men get suicidal either due to um, financial failure or some shameful thing that they, 
they've done. Yeah. So she said, well, he um, came to me in tears and he had gotten involved in pornography. And then uh, he got curious. And then he clicked on a child porn site. And, you know, a lot of the videos, uh, they kind of entice you into other levels. Like, um, I know there's this one, and I, I've seen this video uh, years ago, but it's just a, a por pornographic video. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle of it, they run a group of 18 or 20 naked children. No reason for them to be in this video, but there they go running through the field. Well, what is that? That's trying to, you know, kind of entice a guy to think about that. So this guy, Christian man, hooked on pornography. Now he clicks on a child porn site, and this thing comes up that says, um, you just clicked on a site that's monitored by the FBI. Uh, we know who you are. We're wow. coming to, to get you. So he's going to kill himself rather than have that happen. But I told him, uh, okay, so let's say they're going to come. How about this? You go to every man's battle, and when they contact you, you can say, yeah, I did that. I was curious. It was a one-time thing, but it woke me up. I got help. So every year now, uh, I get a phone call on his anniversary of him getting pure yeah. and getting his marriage back uh, just to, to say thanks. And uh, it's just such a, a great thing to see somebody go from suicide to there. Now he will really, he's probably got the best marriage he's ever had. And he probably would have never gotten there if he hadn't gotten caught like this because he was on the fringe of intimacy, on the fringe of true commitment. But, you know, once you get some help, you have an opportunity to really get into an authentic lifestyle and true intimacy uh, with a woman. But a pornified guy, you cannot help but objectify and, and depersonalize a woman. And you're just never, ever going to be the, the kind of husband and partner that you could be until you get help for the problem. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, can you, in the book, you talk a little bit about while you're trying to, you know, detox maybe or, or, you know, grow out of your addiction, get help. Um, but also on the other side of it, those of us who are married, uh, learning to cherish and honor our wife at the same time while, while you're also fighting for your purity. Um, and that's kind of what you're just talking about now, but can you just explain that just a little bit more? Well, um, the book that we did that I think is probably in some ways more profound than every man's battle is uh, every man's marriage. And really what that is, is a book uh, on mutual submission. Mm. Because, you know, a lot of times we, um, a lot of times, most of the time, when the word submission is brought up, uh, you know, in Ephesians, there's about um, 40 words written to a woman on her need to submit to a guy. But right after that, there are about 90 words on a guy's need to die to himself. Yeah. To, to literally choose to die to himself for the sake of intimacy with her. The 40 words to her, and then we get 90 because it's harder for us sometimes to <laughs> grasp. It. But the verse right before all of that happened, and a woman is told to submit, 
is the verse that says, submit yourselves one to another out of reverence for Christ. Now, a lot of people just kind of over the years have ignored that verse. But really, I think that is the context, mutual submission. She submits, he dies to himself. I say to people all the time, if you're a guy and you find a woman who's willing to submit to an honorable guy, you should be willing to die to self yeah. for that rare person. And if a woman finds a man of integrity who's willing to die to himself to build intimacy, you'd be foolish not to submit to that. But see, that really is a mutuality. It's not dictator doormat. Where in the Bible do you see Jesus treating women or teaching about human beings that come close to anything like she'll just give up who she is and just she'll be the doormat, he'll be the dictator. Right. And this thing about the two shall become one, hey, it's one flesh. That's talking about sexual oneness. That doesn't mean she gives up who she is to become one person with it. No, no, no. You're still an individual of great worth and value. And, and so we got a lot of misconceptions about how to have an intimate, honoring, God-honoring um, and reflecting relationship. But it doesn't come from uh, a dictator doormat. It doesn't come from a woman being some uh, weak-willed person that's willing to take anything. It comes from two people seeking God and seeking each other and being willing to give up their own agendas and their own egos and all of that yeah. uh, to have oneness, which is what God's calling us to. That's really good. So you, um, you talked about, you know, every man's marriage, how many different every man books are there now? Well, there, um, you know, when I talked to Fred after I got that manuscript, um, Fred said to me, he said, Steve, I have a vision that there would be six books and that they would sell all over the world, millions of copies all over the world. He said, God gave me that vision. And, and I thought, yeah, Fred, uh, God's given that vision to a lot of people. <laughs> uh, that vision goes dark uh, pretty quickly after the book is published and seven people are interested in it. Yeah. But you know what? Fred turned out to be uh, one of the most godly men with one of the most amazing relationships with God. And that vision came true. There were six, there are six books in the series and uh, they have sold over 4 million copies around the world. Wow. That's, that is incredible. Yeah. Um, you talk a little bit about, um, and we even talked about it a little bit earlier about there's more chances now for men to be clean and pure. I know some of that has to do with, um, accountability software and other things, but I think, and I think you would probably say having a personal physical partner, um, is incredibly important. How uh, is the church doing addressing that? And how can we improve that as far as the church addressing men's sexual integrity issues? Yeah. Well, some churches are addressing it and some churches don't. And, you know, sometimes yeah. our experience is that, you know, a lot of pastors struggle and so that's not going to become their their big cause or they're not going to even want to talk about it we had one pastor that came to every man's battle workshop 
And um, when he would, right before he'd preach, he would hand his computer to the tech guy who would put his sermon notes, you know, up on the big screen. And this one Sunday, the tech guy clicks and boom, uh, there's the pornographic picture the pastor was looking at in his study before he went up to preach. And um, wow. wasn't a smart guy. He might have <laughs> said, well, I just wanted you to see how horrible yeah. things are or something like that. But anyway, they didn't fire him. He got help. Uh, he didn't preach for a year. And, uh, but, you know, he, he was restored. Well, I think there are a lot of pastors that are really struggling with this, and a lot of churches aren't doing anything about it. Think about this. If, um, you know, if I wanted to speak to a church about problems and I brought up alcoholism, um, you know, in a church, who, how many people are alcoholic? 10%, 15% uh, max, you know. But the statistics I see, there are more guys uh, that look at pornography in a given week than look at a Bible. Wow. About 20% of the guys we'll look at a Bible in a given week and somewhere around 60% will look at a pornographic image in a, in a given week. So pretty sad, huge problem. More churches should do more about it. Um, and then, you know, if nothing else, just tell people, tell guys to go to every man's battle and then they can come back and then start the group in their church. Sure. Yeah, and you, you just mentioned you do have some resources online um, for maybe starting your own group. Yeah, and uh, you know we have a person uh, at one eight hundred New Life that can tell you how to start a group, but it's pretty simple. You know, to have a group, you just need one other person, right? <laughs> book, and you say, hey, let's just go through this book together, and then see what that becomes, and then maybe you know you find another guy that's struggling. You tell the pastor. Hey, we got this group. Anybody wants to join, send them our way, that kind of thing. It, it works great when you are willing to do that. Yeah. Um, another area I know um, that it seems to me anyway that men struggle with is teaching their sons um, specifically about um, sexual integrity. I have a five-year-old boy, so I'm not quite there yet. But, you know, have like having the talk <laughs> with your boy, a lot of men are uncomfortable with that and, and struggle mm -hmm. with doing that. Uh, from what I, it seems to me anyway, um, do you have any thoughts on how to make that easier? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, um, I wish I had thought of this and developed it, but there is a book that we went over with both our, our kids when they were the age of your son. And uh, it's a really great book. It's called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Mm. It's real simple and it's for their age. And essentially it's saying um, you know, that if you see a picture and something uh, is showing in that picture that isn't covered up by a swim, a bathing, a swimsuit, um, then that's pornography. And you should look away and tell somebody that you saw it or somebody showed it to you. Yeah. So that's a really great place at that. And, and you know, you, you, the earlier, the better, but you really should check out good pictures, bad pictures. It's a great tool. Then of course we have, um, when a child uh, is, and we have both for girls and boys preparing your son for every young man's battle right. and preparing your daughter. But you know, that's around age. Uh, well now, uh, depending on the maturity and wherever, but eight to 10. 
And then beyond that, you've got every young man's battle and every young woman's battle. But we've got tools. But I'll tell you what my church did. Uh, they created a kit. And in this kit, um, they have just different stuff. Like there's a, a glove that you blow up the glove and, you know, put it on your head and do stupid things with it. And then there's a, um, a, a game that you play and you have to do stupid things. And so you take your son out and you spend the night somewhere. And uh, like we, we, we went to a cabin and did this. And there's also in the kit, there's a can of chili. And so, you know, you, you've got food to cook and you've got these games to play. And then there's a little discussion guy that you get to on sexual integrity and sexual purity. Sure. It's just a wonderful tool to, you know, create that event that he'll never, ever uh, forget. And we've got some great pictures from that. But, you know, the main thing is if, if you start to talk early about this uh, to your, your child, then there's nothing you can't talk to them about. So yeah. sooner you get started and, and you start by showing a child how to honor a woman and the value of a woman by the way that you treat that child's mother. Mm. <laughs> that's the real key. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a really good idea. Really good advice right there. Um, I know that of course, then if we're going to teach our children or teach our church, like you said, we kind of have to have at least started dealing with those issues um, on our own. So practically um, how can we, as men, you know, we, we get started visually um, and then we kind of let our minds uh, run and take over after that. But what are some practical safeguards maybe or steps we can take uh, to start dealing with it um, ourselves? Well, I think it'd be a really good idea if uh, you're watching this uh, to say to yourself, let's see, uh, how's it going so far? Uh, every time I've tried to no longer have this as a problem, Every time I've tried to stop on my own, it's always come back. So the first thing is to admit, I can't do this on my own. I have to reach out to somebody. So you could talk to your pastor, or you could call us at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. But you really do. The first big step to getting things better is to say to yourself, I have an extreme limitation here. I'm not able to fix this on my own. I'm powerless in and of myself, but I'm not helpless. It's not hopeless, but all that help and hope comes when I'm finally able to open up. You know, James 5.16 is so clear. Confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you might be healed. So coming out of the silence uh, is one of the biggest things that reduces the shame and begins the process. Now, you can continue to try really hard on your own. I don't know if any way that that works right and and i i know it sounds stupid but i've found that trying harder makes trying harder so don't you try sure. hard forget it get some help and then you have the potential uh, that you're going to have victory in this area and you'll be so glad you did sure uh, and you do talk about in every man's battle about how purity um sexual integrity can kind of become uh, a habit Right, like it it, yeah, you know, it's a friend of mine. We were at an airport, and out of the corner of his eye, he saw this beautiful woman. Uh, one moving side, Walt was coming this way, and ours going that way. And he just started saying to himself, 
not mine, not mine, not mine, looking the other way. And, and uh, you just do stuff like that. You just, you know, in, in old movies, if, if a woman's skirt blew up, you just, you, you, as a gentleman, you just look the other way. We call it bouncing your eyes. It just becomes what you do in honor of another person, the person you're married to and the person uh, that, you know, is having an embarrassing moment or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, it becomes as big a habit uh, as looking at stuff becomes a habit. Sure. And I know you, you use the phrase also, um, or from the verse, you're bought with a price, you're not your own, about I don't have the authority to do what I'm doing right now. As far right. as looking, you know, where I'm looking or thinking what I'm thinking. Uh, and that's really good. Well, and you know, there's a little parable that Jesus tells in Matthew 13 about this uh, merchant searched for a valuable jewel and found this pearl and went and sold everything he had to be sure he possessed that pearl. And, you know, most people read that and they think, yeah, you know, we ought to be willing to give up everything uh, to possess the pearl of great price, which is Jesus. But, you know, another way, and, and Jesus doesn't interpret the story, but one way to interpret it also is that, you know, Jesus is the merchant and you are the pearl of great price. And he gives up everything to buy you back from sin and Satan, leaves yeah. all the comfort of heaven. He is the one that has paid the ultimate price because of the value of your life. So value your life, purify your life, uh, and then value the life of other people and, and don't abuse them. And, and when you look at pornography, it's probably your most direct link to sex trafficking. Uh, 30, uh, 87% of women in the sex trade would do something else if they could support themselves. Uh, she's not happy. She's not just in this, uh, because she's making a good living, she's trapped. And many people get in it uh, through sex trafficking. So, you know, when you honor God, you honor women and honor yourself, everybody wins. When you continue to be the little boy looking at dirty pictures, uh, everybody loses. That's the truth. Well, uh, Steve, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Where can people go to find out more uh, about your work? I know you mentioned your website. Yeah, newlife.com. Um, or you can call 1-800-NEW-LIFE and uh, find out about the workshop. You can order the book there. Uh, and then, of course, we have our radio program is on uh, at 1 p.m. Um, on Sirius XM channel 131, 1 p.m. Or you can download the app. Or, and we're also uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern time uh, on, at newlife.com. You can get the radio program there. Awesome. Well, thanks again for taking some time to uh, talk to us today. Really enjoyed it. God bless you and God bless everybody. And uh, just do the next right thing. And that'll lead you down the path to purity. Guys, I know this fight is a daily battle for you, just like it is for me. And it's something that as Christian men, we, we need to fight every day, but we need to work hard to overcome as much as we can our flesh and the issues that come with that. Of course, uh, Every Man's Battle is a great resource, and I will link that in the notes for the show, but there are, you know, other books and other places that you can go. Uh, there's other accountability software type things you can use. And of course, having someone that you are accountable to is one of the most important things. Uh, of course, you want to have as the basis of all of it, a good relationship with God that 
you you know are in the right place not just trying to fight a temptation but you are working to be closer to your god and closer to your wife and all these other things that will help in this area uh, so i hope uh, his his wisdom and his years of experience counseling were a blessing to you and that you can take something here from this and uh, to grow in this area just like uh, i'm hoping to as well from from taking the time to talk to Steve here today. So uh, once again, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening and uh, finding us on social media. I'm not on there a ton, um, but uh, we appreciate it anyway. And if you could also, again, go go by, check out clean5110.com and use the code SHEPHERD. You can get 10% off of any purchase there. And we'll see you next week.